Welcome to Heart of the Enneagram. I'm Chris Copeland. And I'm Sandra Smith. And we invite you to take a courageous and loving look at what is. of uh, accessing all three brains where we say can we have a grounded let's let's all have be in a space of grounded presence right grounded body uh, open heart and then a curious mind and there's something even just speaking those words which just allows me to, to relax into or just to soften or to open to be with what is Today we explore the three centers of intelligence of the Enneagram, and these three centers are what we call heart, body, and mind. And each of the nine Enneagram types are in one of these three centers, or what we call part of one of these three centers of intelligence. So we have what we call heart types, which are twos, threes, and fours. We have head types, five, sixes, and sevens, and then eights, nines, and ones we refer to as the body types or they're in that body center of intelligence. And these three centers of intelligence, um, they represent particular ways of knowing, uh, particular emotional, uh, primary emotional ways and intuition. Uh, And so as we explore these nine types, which we will do in this podcast, we wanted to first introduce you to this idea of these three centers of intelligence so that we can go deeper there, which will illuminate the types as we go into them. So in the the heart center, we have types two, three, and four, and they have a primary emotional issue of distress, which then becomes shame because they focus on relationality. They're oriented toward relationship. And Chris, as a heart type, you probably really get that. Absolutely. I mean, if you were to ask me what matters most, my job, my where I live, my relationship, whatever, it's always, relationships are always going to win. And I've heard that from most heart types, that relationships are prime, primary. They are mm-hmm. most important. And it's interesting because even in, it'll look differently, obviously, among twos, threes, and fours right. in the heart types. And I, among threes, some people might say, well, how can relationships be primary? Because sometimes threes will, uh, you know, work hard and ignore relationships or whatever. But the reality is most of them would say they are serving their primary relationships. They're doing what they're doing for their beloved ones, Mm -hmm. their children, their family, whatever. And in this triad, too, roles play a big piece of who I believe myself to be. That's right. And the image I project, the the image I put forth into the world, and how you perceive me is of critical importance. Mm -hmm. So I've just always heard that two, threes, and fours wear the mantle of a role really well. So, of course, the discerning question is forevermore, am I in a role or am I genuine right now? Right. Yeah. Is this performed or am I really connected to you? Right. It's a little bit of a cliche, but the word that comes to me is who am I when no one's looking? Oh, sure. You know, if I'm not being observed in some way, who am I? What, what, Mm -hmm. you know? Well, as a body type, I have a whole different category of who I am and why I do what I do. But, you know, as an eight, along with nine and one in the body triad, we're oriented toward fairness. Right. So there's this scan, whether we're aware of it or not, of is this fair? Is it unfair? And this triad is one that thinks categorically, uh, black and white, with me, against me. Is it your agenda or my agenda? And then the primary emotional issue for these types is anger. 
and eights can express it easily. We have easy access to that, whereas nines deny it. Right. They might go sad when they're mad. Right. And then for type one, uh, they suppress it often. Absolutely. Right. I was just talking to my sister uh, this weekend who leads with type nine, mm. and she she said when she was, in, I asked her if she did therapy when she was a teenager. She said, oh, I was so angry. And I said, oh. really? I never knew that. And she said, oh, yeah, I would get so mad at my mother, and then I, tears would just pour down my face. Oh. And so that was her way, right, of just sort of going yes. inward, taking her anger inward, and then being sad or yes. having tears. Yep. So it really is actually a good clue for those who lead with nine. If if I'm sad, if I'm a nine and I'm feeling sad, am I really mad? Yeah, absolutely. Just kind of discern that. And then for the one, it comes out often as resentment. Mm. I think of it as sort of squishing out the side a little bit, you know, because <laughs> I'm not supposed to be angry as a one, but but it kind of becomes resentment because I'm following the rules or I'm doing what is expected of me in some sense, mm-hmm. um, or at least following my own internal sense of standards. But others aren't necessarily doing that, and I feel this sense of resentment about that. Yeah. So the head triad types five, six, and seven, Mm -hmm. they're focused on information. So that's very different than relationship or fairness. Right. So they ask a lot of questions. They're very curious. They love to learn. So more information. And oftentimes one of the questions I'll ask on head type panels is, who are you without information? Great. You know? So their primary emotional issue is fear. Mm -hmm. And fives will pull back not to feel the fear. Sixes, withdrawal. Yeah, withdrawal. Mm-hmm. Sixes might freeze right. or rely on others. And, and some sixes would go f- go towards. That's right. Sure. Phobic, counterphobic. Yeah. Thank you, Chris. Yeah. And then the seven will try to outrun it. Right. Maybe not realizing that my overly scheduled calendar is driven by fear. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. It's a um, triad that loves predictability or at least likes to have a plan. Mm-hmm. A plan in place. And it doesn't mean they can't deal with a changed plan, right? but it does give them some comfort and security, you could say. Right. Absolutely. And I would say, yeah, it's security and perceived security oh, as right. well, right? Because mm-hmm. <laughs> we all know that plans don't, <laughs> don't unfold the way we always imagine yeah. that they will. These three centers of intelligence, of course, we want all three centers open. But depending on your the type that you lead with, you'll have a lead center. I remember years ago teaching an Enneagram workshop in Asheville, and there was a retired medical school professor who just stood up in the back of the room. He said, I can't believe this. He said, when I was making rounds with my interns years ago, I would ask, now, with this patient, what would you suggest? And after they all spoke, he would say, now, don't make this decision with just your head. Mm. Check in with your heart and your body. Accessing all three Mm. of those centers. What a wise man. What a gift. What a gift. Because we can't know with just one center, right? There's more knowing than we can access with just one center. Yeah, we're we're probably sleepwalking and sleep-talking if we only are using one center. Right. Yeah. So there's also, Chris, this uh, energetic of the three triads as well. Mm-hmm. And I know as a body type, there's a rhythm to my life. Right. I'm very comfortable in my body, and I create routine, routine. and rhythm. And mm-hmm. if I'm not careful, I'll fall asleep to that. Right. But this rhythmicity um, creates a, a way of um, helping me feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. And also, I match energy of others. Right. So uh, an example of emerging matching energy would be when I'm working out at the Y and I'm on the elliptical, 
I tend to slowly merge with the pace of the person beside me. Mm -hmm. Now, hopefully they're going at a faster clip than I am so I can exercise more, but this energy matching is a real is a, is a real thing. Absolutely. And the way that that in some ways plays out for me, at least as, uh, as a type four, is uh, I'm, it may not be matching energy, but I'm matching, or at least I am over-identifying with or mm. over-connecting uh, with the emotions or yeah. the feelings of another. So I will really, I mean, the, I remember as a um, young adult, I would feel sad, but I wouldn't know how to cry or I'd want to, you know, I'd want to cry and kind of get in the emotion. And I would go to a movie, a sad oh, movie, mm-hmm. because by watching, I would sort of go outside myself really in a way and just begin to feel the emotion of what was happening in the film. So I would feel alive. You know, that's that classic four thing. But I've noticed that a lot of heart types will feel things. And then if we're not careful and we don't ask, is this my grief, my sadness, my joy, whatever, or am I over-identifying with the other? Right. So in the heart triad, it sounds like it's like, am I over-engaging or simply engaging? That's right. Where where do I stop and the world begin? Exactly. Exactly. That's a great example. And what about for for the head types? Well, the energy that I've noticed is more of one of being detached. For sure. So there's a rich inner life for five, six, and seven. Thinking, analyzing, imagining. Mm-hmm. And so they often can feel a little distant from what they're saying. Right. They may be in process of thinking, or maybe even in the conversation, there's a curiosity and a process, and they're good at connecting dots. So there'll be people who really get seduced by content and information mm-hmm. and maybe miss the feeling behind the content. Right. They can be hyper-perceptive. So they're highly observational. So their intuition, where your intuition, Chris, comes from the heart, right. an emotional intuition. Right. Mine comes from a sensing or matching energy. Right. And then for head types, it's through a keen sense of observation. Mm-hmm. Right. Very different. And a great ability to make connections and to draw things, ideas, and Integrate. things together. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. Connect the dots. Mm-hmm. I worked a couple years ago with a church staff where the senior pastor led with seven and the administrative assistant led with four. And so you have two different triads here, centers of intelligence. One is focused on information, one on relationship. And so when we did the training, I said, well, what's the issue between you and the the heart type? said, well, I, I don't feel seen. I don't feel like I'm a part of the staff. And the senior pastor who is a head type offered her policy which was information, which was what he would have wanted. Mm-hmm. But the Enneagram's great gift is helping us see others as they are to themselves. Absolutely. So that we can recognize who we are and recognize those in our lives, mm-hmm. those our coworkers, our colleagues, our family, our, our beloveds, so that we can say, how is it that um, I can connect with them. Which hear you, I hear myself say that as a four, right? Oh, how do right. I connect, right? But, you know, how do I um, be in relationship in a way that honors where their center of intelligence is and honors where they're coming from, what they need? Right, right. Even in these uh, interviews that we've done to create this podcast series, my sense of fairness will come up in my head thinking, mm. 
Now, am I talking too much? Chris, Chris's voice needs to be heard now. Right. You know? So that sense of fairness That's is great. just kind of always there. That's great. And I've watched how easily you connect with those folks we interview. You have right. a very engaging presence. Well, thank you. And I, it, that's funny because if, if I pay attention to that, right, I'm, I, can, I can get lost. I've heard you say to me once before when we, I was doing an interview with someone who happened to leave with type 9. Mm. And I just sort of like... I went to sleep a little bit with him. You know? <laughs> and there was this sort of question of like, I was like, oh, I was with him and compassionate and connected, right? But I sort of, I, I kind of lulled off along with him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So how do we keep a separate self? That's right. That's yeah, right. And so it's Not a, over-engaging. Right. And, yeah. So as a body type, I don't want to merge, nor do I want to counter-merge. Right. So I've got to watch that. Say I what, can, a, when you say counter-merge. Yeah, thank you, Chris. So... I think I've mentioned what merging means, but the counter-merge is my no. If you say red, I say blue. So that's mm-hmm. a counter-merge. And that doesn't come from a separate self either. So there's a stubbornness there. And the boundaries then get really rigid. Right. So in the body triad, 891, the boundaries are going to be too loose or too rigid. Mm-hmm. Right. And both are ways that we forget ourselves. Because right. I have forgotten my separate, capable self. Right. Right. And so I'm just kind of matching the energy of another or pushing against it. Mm-hmm. In the body triad, the, the path really is towards self-remembering. Mm. I can be so comfortable in my body that I don't have enough distance to realize I'm tired. Right. As a friend of mine likes to say, we eights are either fifth gear or face down. Which is great. And it's so true. Yes. And for one, the self-forgetting comes to let's do the ought-tos, but we forget the want-tos. And so anger really stems from this self-deprivation there. Right. And then for nine, you know, is it either your agenda or my agenda? Uh, can it be both and? Right. Holding, be able to hold both and. Holding both and. And mm-hmm. because this is a black and white thinking triad, that's a real blind spot for us body types. For sure. Yeah. Even though I think some nines would not necessarily identify themselves as black and white thinking. Yeah. It does play out, though. Sure does. Because it's either your agenda or my agenda. Right. right? It's mm-hmm. kind of subtle. So in the way that uh, the body types have this kind of self-forgetting, mm-hmm. the heart types have this, this idea of self-rejecting. Right. It's it's this image. Mm-hmm. So who am I without my image? And if I'm in a role, an image, I've rejected the genuine self. Right. 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 Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm, I'm performing in a particular okay. way and, and rejecting the genuine or the authentic self. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And for the head triad, this thinking and overthinking, they can lose the mind. So it's our greatest gift. Yes can be where we disassociate. Like, I don't remember my body because I'm so comfortable in it. Right. Head types can overthink because it's just fun to be in there thinking and imagining and then suddenly lose clarity. Right. Right. And then heart types who can emote or sense that emotion intuitively have to ask, gosh, am I in the authentic emotion? Right. Am I playing a role? Am I putting out an image? Mm. Is this mine? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So these three centers of intelligence have a role to play in who we are. Mm -hmm. 
And to know that you're coming from the heart triad and I'm coming from the body triad gives us some information about how we work. Right. And it's been helpful in this process. Absolutely. Yeah. And then as I know there's some kind of tools and ways of thinking that can help us um, practice, exercise, or at least uh, explore those other centers that aren't natural to us. What are some of those ways, Sandra, that we can, that I can, for example, um, be more attentive to my body or be more attentive to my mind as, as, as I get that sort of full, way, full ways of knowing? That's a great question, Chris. You know, when I teach, I'm often telling folks, gosh, if you need to cultivate your heart center, mm -hmm. read poetry, the language of the heart, or listen to heart uh, to strings, you know, to pull your heart strings. Absolutely. Uh, and I, just, I'm swooning already, as yeah, you mentioned it. Yeah, yes. I can feel it in my heart, actually. <laughs> yeah. And then to be more fully in your body, the five senses are quite helpful. Mm -hmm. Touch, taste, smell, sound, sight. When you take a walk, lean against a tree, feel the leaf. That gets us right there, right in that moment, right, right in that, yeah. We talk about felt sense, a physical sensation, yeah. whether it's breath or just noticing where your body meets the chair, mm -hmm. your feet on the ground, um, really helps us land. Beautiful. One of my favorite, um, I practice something called interplay, which yes. is a way of storytelling and, and singing and also uh, movement. And one of my very favorite questions, which was life-changing for me related to this, is um, we would do a movement and then the, the, the question that we then were asked when we would finish was, what do you now know having done that? Ooh, nice question. So for someone who, who doesn't, is not part of the body center, it was, it was asking me to access a different kind of knowing yes. than my heart knowing, and it was my body knowing. And it was a very profound question that I began to realize, oh, my body knows a lot of things that I'm not paying attention to. So this way of, of, of walking in the woods and paying attention, that there is so much rich wisdom and information mm -hmm. that our bodies give us. You know, saying that, uh, listening to you say that, Chris, I'm reminded of Sam Lewis, who, who created the Dances of Universal Peace. Yeah. He said, if I can change the way you walk, I'll change your life. Absolutely. So what he's saying, at least my interpretation of that is, you know, if we move a muscle, we change our mind. Mm -hmm. These centers are connected. Absolutely. We can't segment them. We shift our attention. We change our mood. And what about the, the head center? Yeah, so the head center, logic, reason, analysis. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. These are folks who move through life logically. They connect dots. They're asking why. So we might... Consider asking why. What might we want to be more curious about? Can mm. we ask more questions of others or the material that we're engaging? When I teach, I'm not logical. So I have to pay attention to, is this a step-by-step -step order? Will people understand? Right. What's the logical way of doing this? That's great. And if I can get logical, I'll save myself a lot of time. Absolutely. Yeah. And as you say, it reminds me, kind of bringing these together, we, we often, I've heard you say, Sandra, and I've, um, with great gratitude, have uh, um, offered this sometimes when I teach, which is this, this idea of uh, accessing all three brains, mm -hmm. where we say, can we have a grounded, let's, let's all have, be in a space of grounded presence, right, grounded body, uh, open heart, and then a curious mind. And there's something even just speaking those words which just allows me to, to relax into or just to soften or to open, mm -hmm. to be with what is. And in the 
following podcast, we will begin those inviting all of us to do just that. Exactly. Yeah. And if, speaking of which, we are, we're going to be engaging uh, in our podcast. We're going to start actually in going by centers. And so uh, we'll start with the heart center and then move through the head center and then the body center. And in each of those, uh, we'll start with the core of this, those centers. So that's the three, six, nine, that inner triangle that you see in the Enneagram figure. So for example, we'll start next with, with type three, and then uh, the, the ones on either side of that, what sometimes people call the variations, the right. two and four. Then we move to the head and we start with six, and we then go five and seven, and then we go to the body type, start with nine, and then do eight and one. Yeah, we've got some great exemplars that we've interviewed, and I'm excited to to share them. To share them and to listen in again. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. With heartfelt gratitude, I'm Chris. And I'm Sandra. And we invite you to take a courageous and loving look at what is. We want to thank all who've made this podcast a reality, including Wake Forest University School of Divinity, for their financial and institutional support. For Sally Ann Morris, who composed our theme music, and for Toby Becker, who provided graphic design. Thanks to Eric Merle for his editing expertise, to Tom and Lynn Berner, who provided recording space, and to the narrative Enneagram and our mentors, Helen Palmer and Dr. David Daniels, its founders, and special thanks to all of our guests. We offer this podcast as a free resource for personal and spiritual growth, and in order to continue this work, we need your support. Please visit our website, heartoftheenneagram.com, to make a contribution and to purchase our companion book. In the days that lie ahead, may your mind be curious, your heart courageous, and your presence compassionate.